cannot think of a better way to kick off a Friday as we are live from Riverwind Casino off Highway 9 in Norman. Then to say hello to our good friend, the man, the myth, the legend, arguably one of the busiest guys on the planet, hitting coach for the Sooner softball team, J.T. Gasso. J.T., we haven't even had a chance to talk to you since the national championship, so congratulations. What has the last month been like since you guys won a title? What's up, Mike? Um, man, it's just been go. And I've got I've got to spend some time with with the family and, and do some cool stuff. But I mean we were uh the Tuesday after the World Series, so when did it end? Friday, I think yeah. Thursday. Thursday. <laughs> we uh we had camp and then we were out on the road again and and then again the next week and we're getting ready to go here again here in a couple of days. So, yeah, it's just been, you know, go, go, go. But, um, you know, it's we, we have it well handled. We're able to still, you know, focus on what we need to do for next season while still handling this recruiting cycle. And then also, hopefully, JT, taking some moments to enjoy it as well. I mean, I know that it's, it's a challenge because – you know, the recruiting cycle, you fall behind a bit by winning a national championship, so there's been people out on the road. But, I mean, I, this is very greedy of me because I want – I mean, I see the pictures. I see you being happy. I know you're uh, counting down to baby number three. I mean, have you been able to enjoy it, take some personal time? Um, yeah, a little bit. Uh, we've – just there is that little uh, – you know, you have a couple lulls here and there. So, um, come – like late July, I'm basically going to be able to shut it down and uh, just be at home exclusively. So, yeah, I'm. Uh, it, it's trying to get all this done now. Not get it get it done, but you you know what I mean. Like um, we have this some of this stuff scheduled, and then you know we'll we'll be able to, at the later in the month be able to to uh, spend some time with family and and kind of take off a little bit. JT Gasso is our guest. Okay, I know everyone's got their eyes forward, but I wanted to take a moment and look back. And uh, even though we didn't get our picture on the field with the two hats, which is the ballerest move on the planet that you're able to celebrate with uh, with two caps uh, on the field, you looked back on the careers of these seniors who moved on, and it's become one of my favorite traditions to where you'll take some time to Twitter and you'll share a story or two you know, obviously everyone wants to know about coaching Jocelyn and, and, and helping Jocelyn and being around Jocelyn, whatever other term you want to use. But when you're going through it, it's just – I don't – this senior class as a whole, and I feel like I say this every year, which is a credit to the development and the, and the recruiting, but this senior class, JT, made such an impact. And maybe three of the biggest impact were made by players who weren't here from day one, right? To see the way that you're able to acclimate Taylor Snow one year for, you know, what – what we saw in the circle one year, a couple of years from Jana Johns. I mean, hope was incredible. It's just, how are you able, what is it about this softball program that is, that allows these transfers to matriculate themselves so smoothly? And I know it's not easy, but what appears to be with so much ease into what you guys want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, I, I think with that, you know, this program and just kind of the stuff that, that it's about, it, it attracts the right people. And I, I think, you know, everyone wants a, wants a piece of what we're doing and, and like that. But 
um, I know that we were able to connect. There's a certain type of, of kid that we connect with that that can just step in from day one and just, you know, do their thing and, and really buy into uh, to what we have going on. So with, uh, with Nina, it was one of those things where I felt like she's been a Sooner since she was, you know, we've known her for so long. And it was just when she stepped in, it was just right away, like, you know, she, she fits. Same thing with, with Jana. And um, I think it's, it's more about the, less about, um, you know, the, the performance stuff and more about the fit culturally and about the people that are around, that are around them. We've had some phenomenal people around them to kind of ease them in. And I know, you know, you talk about this year's fresh, uh, this year's super seniors, but I mean, last year's with Nicole Mendez, um, you know, she's always been someone that can like bring people in and, and before that, Sid and Shay and CC, Vale, all all them. So it's it's kind of like the tradition of the seniors taking in a group and, and taking them under their wing. And then it's just, you know, it's just something that we look to uh, continue as the years go on. What was it like coaching Jocelyn? As you look back now and you have a little bit of kind of separation from it, pretty amazing to see how big of a student of the game that she she became and – obviously developed into such a diverse hitter. Yeah, and uh it it was it was funny because she's always been a, a really good hitter, powerful hitter, but I think she knew she had some holes and flaws and when she and maybe they were super minor, but I know from day 1 that she just wanted to to get better. And I think um you know, going back to the the people that were around her Sid, Shays, Fales, and and uh, even she, you know, you you know what's crazy is you think about it, she played a year with Paige Parker, you know, so she she had some phenomenal people around her to kind of help her navigate, you know, college and and you know keep her mindset and the the places that she needed to be to compete, and then from there it was just really cool just to see her develop and and grow and want to be a student of the game and now with the you know the nil stuff become a boss lady and and basically run she's running her own brand her own business yes. and doing all those cool things um like that so yeah it's just it's one of those stories where it's you know it sounds cliche but it's out it's, you want the people to develop you know off the field and develop as adults and go into the real world able to handle themselves and here she is doing exactly that. So um, it's it's one of those cool stories that we're all just really happy to be a part of. A couple more with JT Gasso, hitting coach for the Sooners after their fourth national championship in the last six years. So what is it like? You finish the season, you have a camp. Are you out on the recruiting trail? You guys have a class that's pretty pretty solid already in place for 2024 and beyond. Uh, how much had obviously two players from the portal rumors of maybe even more JT? What is the start of the off season like? Is it immediately hitting the road and going to as many tourneys as you can, uh, uh, seeing as many people as you can? Is it watching tape? What's the start of the postseason like for you? Yeah, so it's kind of funny. Every year, it's just like, what was it like when you won? And I was, you know, we won. Um, it was fun, and then, you know, 30 minutes 
uh, well, because we were all on the field, 40 minutes after the last pitch, I'm in the car with Andrea driving home. You know, like, I mean, it's just, and then an hour later, you're, you're driving from the hotel. So it's just one of those things where it's, where it's really fun, but then it just, you know, I'm and, not saying it in a bad way, but I'm just saying that it's, it's, you take it all in and it's really fun when it's happening, but, um, it just stops, right? So then the next day, yeah. it's like, up and you're back in your room and you're back in your house and, you know, kids are, are waking you up. Hey, like, this, you know, 12 hours ago or whatever, we were, um, you know, was a last out. But I failed that because um, we, we definitely do reflect, but we also know that we have other jobs that we've got to do and um, you know, making sure that we're bringing in the right Sooners and the, the right people into the program is, is part of it. So that's something that we pride ourselves on and we – we just, we're really trying to just find the right people. And however they, that may be, we're, that, that's what we're, uh, we're trying to do. So we've been out on the road the past couple weeks. Um, we're going here, like I said, in a couple of days. And there's just tournaments all summer. So um, just trying to keep up with those and just really have the plan of, of how we're going to attack it is, is, you know, what we – we try and set in place before the season ends, so that way when the season starts, we're just we're way ahead of it and uh, can do the things that we're need to do. So with that in mind, uh, we can talk about one new addition, Alina Torres, the All-Pac-12 transfer from Arizona State. JT, what kind of stood out in your mind when you started uh, imagining her in a Sooner uniform? Where do you kind of see her role and what drew you to want to bring her to Norman? Yeah, so – one of the things is you can't – it's really hard to teach competitiveness, you know. So she is a ultra competitor, and she does it the right way. She is – she's a gamer. She um, she does all the – like all the uh, intangibles, she has them. And so, you know, and what, what I really, really uh, locked into was that she's, she's progressed over the years. And I remember seeing her – um, and she was a really good athlete. She's just kept getting better and better and better. So, um, you know, she has a, a really awesome family, really great family uh, in her life. And, and I know that we're all excited to have her in, and she's excited to uh, to get going. It, it's just, you know, one after another, these kids just come in ready to compete and get after it. And uh, that kind of makes our job a lot easier when you have someone who's just hungry, you know, and, and it's almost like, hey, we got to find ways to keep feeding, keep feeding, keep feeding. But, uh, but yeah, she's going to fit in great and be a, a good addition to this to this team. So, JT, I have uh, to let you go. Uh, uh, maybe, maybe more of an airport conversation, but I at least want to start it here. And it has nothing to do with the Jets or training camp. It has everything to do with roster management. So, right, I'll look at a softball roster, right, and obviously. Uh, Large numbers last year because of COVID and extra years and beyond. So you'll see, okay, five Sooners graduated, and maybe you see a couple that have gone into the portal. There are six or seven spots. Is that how you guys look at it, that, okay, we have five, five people we need to, to replace, where are our, our seven total numbers? I mean, how, what's the numbers game like for you when it comes to roster management and how you kind of view that between yourself, Coach Rocha, and, and Coach? So um... – 
what you're going to have to do is go into your phone and find the other gasso to, uh, <laughs> that is, you know, you are, you're asking the, the, you're asking the white house janitor about, you know, <laughs> so <laughs> I, I'm trying to get the nuclear codes from the, uh, from the press secretary is what's going on right from, here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, janitor. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's, it's, it's just different. I'll, I'll bug Patty about it. But then in a final thought, from that perspective, I know you, you keep that close eye on the offense and then obviously the outfield. You excited about some of the progress you saw from Ahana Core? Because, I mean, obviously Alyssa Brito looked great in the outfield and developed, right? But, man, uh, I remember watching Ahana Core in the Alliance and watching her in some practice. I think she's got potential out there. You know, I, I don't know what position you see some of those other freshmen potentially being in, but, but – when you think about someone like Core, do you see her factoring in in the future, especially with what she can provide defensively in the outfield? Uh, 100%. And that's, that's the thing that we're, we're getting to is everyone on the roster is going to contribute and expected to contribute. Um, and what's awesome about Hannah Core's development is, you know, she, she'll even tell you that when she came into, um, when she came into college, she was not comfortable hitting. She was, she would come up and I mean, just between, like, I could I could see it, but it was something that she really had to go through to, to learn about. So um, she went from maybe not being as comfortable to now she's like, yeah, I feel really good at the plate. I'm, and she's leading uh, the Florida Gulf Coast League in doubles, you know. So um, that, that's been, I know, really good for, for her and, and Q. And um, I think something that doesn't get enough, talk about is Sophia Nugent playing with playing men's fast pitch this summer that is has been a crazy awesome story um, wow that she that she yeah like playing men's fast pitch right and like having success and like playing with them you know so um, it's been really cool to see those guys um, develop and take ownership for how they want their careers to be but um you know, Hannah, just kind of going back to your question, Hannah Core is going to be someone that definitely contributes in, uh, in more ways than, than just one. All right, and then finally, what, are we counting down to August for baby number three? And you guys are not – you're not knowing the sex before the baby is born, right? Are we still on that front or no? Well, um, I mean, we're not – we know, but we're just not, like, very social media-y gotcha. about it. You know, we're, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it, it's, I tell people that this season was so much, um, it, it felt easy because I was so worried about having three kids this year that I didn't even think about the season because that's <laughs> going from man to stone is going to be wild. I love it. I love it. You're the man. JT, congrats. I'm glad we finally had a chance to catch up. Uh, and I'm so pumped for you and, and Dre. It's just awesome. I can't wait to see the third baby Gasso. And hopefully I'll get a chance to talk to you again soon, man. Enjoy some time off here in a few weeks. Thanks, Plank. Great talking to you as always. Enjoy Riverwind. Man, yes. I might go ch- ch- out over there. Right, come check it out. We, we, I've got you covered, man. <laughs> JT. Oh, uh, good stuff. See ya. <laughs> see you, buddy. They actually – I haven't got all my copy points, but I will say that I'm looking at this twenty three ninety nine buffet. And knowing that I haven't eaten, I might just go power through that bad boy here during the next break. All right, listen, it's 9-19. Not a bad way to start a Friday. We'll welcome in the crew next. Uh, Josh and Pierce in on a Friday. It's the Plank Show live from Riverwind Casino on the ref. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. We are on the road today. 
case you can't tell by the party in the background. We're at Riverwind Casino, Beats and Bites 2022. Let's go! Tonight, well, actually, I say tonight. Today's the 8th. Tomorrow night, the Randy Rogers Band will be playing here at 8 o'clock, 6 o'clock for the Jason Young Band, and then the gates will open at 5, and there'll be a fireworks display following the show. Children 12 and under get in for free. Tickets can be purchased at Riverwind.com or at the box office. Really cool setup here. Uh, the crew is going to join us coming up later on in the program. What's going on, Josh Helmer? How are you on this Friday? Happy Friday. I'm doing great. Nothing better than hearing from JT to start the show. Good stuff. And I have to say, congratulations are in order for you, my friend. This totally slipped uh, past me yesterday before we signed off the air. But What's con- that? Oklahoma softball, another victory. Congratulations to you and oh. everybody that uh, makes the Oklahoma radio softball machine go. Extra inning softball, if you missed it, they uh, have tossed out their golden mics. Right. For 2022, and Plank and everybody on the OU softball radio team awarded. So I didn't do congratulations. I probably could have done a little bit more campaigning for it, but I'm not going to lie. I was really bent that the Allo home run call or the national championship home run call wasn't up there for call of the year. Now, I know that's being greedy. I know that's being very, very greedy. And I'm not here to try to throw any kind of shade at anyone who won anything. But come on. Come on. I mean, especially here's what pissed me off about it. They called and asked for it. And when you call me or you email me, you're like, hey, we want this because it's going to be included in this. And then it's not. That's where you trigger me a little bit, right? And I, I'm happy. It has nothing to do with me, though. It really doesn't. It was it was a fan vote. Uh, a couple of the OU softball fan pages got a hold of it. Outside of the ones who throw shade and hate all the time. The four people that want to brag about how good they are at keeping their scorebooks. Um, but outside of that, if you, uh, if you were to look, I mean, again, in, in what I thought was kind of a shot at us winning the award, Justin, who's been on the show before, I had to point out how close the voting was. So it had nothing to do with me. It had everything to do with the Sooner fans, and I'm grateful. Did that sound grateful? That really didn't sound grateful. Yeah, it? no, you sound very <laughs> grateful, which is tremendous. And congratulations to you and everybody involved. I, I don't know why they wouldn't have I don't included either. the all low home run know. call. No idea. No clue. Especially when you ask for it. Like if, for instance, if I were to say, Josh, that take you had on, I'm trying to think what we, what we were getting. Oh, on, on the Pac-12 yesterday. And the arrogance still the Pac-12 and the ACC. Send that to me and let's make that into a promo. And then if you send it to me, and suddenly the promo that I make is something that I was meandering on about. I think you might be a little bit upset. Not mad, but that you had to take the time to go edit it, find it, and send it. So that's that's the only reason. That's the only thing I've got. Do you know what ended up winning it? I saw it was like a Louisiana Tech call. Yeah, I have no idea. Um, I think it was like a, a, a CUSA title or something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm just I, – I appreciate everyone who covers softball. I mean, that's just what it comes down to. I really do. I think the – the passion and the energy that is behind this sport is second to none. I'm a little bit hurt that JT didn't start our interview with the congratulations on my golden mic, uh, which I, I will wear around my neck if there's actually an award that comes with it. <laughs> um, I doubt so, there is. Yeah. <laughs> but no, no, no. I, 
I, I love it that it's getting this kind of coverage. I hope more schools invest in a radio broadcast you, or in a streaming broadcast. Do you think they didn't include your all-o call because it probably would have won and yeah. they were trying to diversify the winners Maybe. a little bit? But see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. To me, when it comes to awards, it's not a lifetime achievement thing. It's a what have you done for me lately. It's not a diversification thing. It's who's the best, regardless of how many other things they've won. That's Listen, you could have had a, uh, a trained talking dog doing the OU softball radio broadcasts, and they would have won best local broadcast. <laughs> Because of the passion of that fan base. So I, that's, that's where I came away just being in awe of something that I think, what, maybe we tweeted about once? Maybe made the rounds a little bit, and still the, the Sooner fans got behind it. So that fired me up. I'm very grateful for it. It means a lot. Patrick winning the SID uh, of the year was maybe a bigger deal to me than anything else. But it shows you, too, you know, I, trust me, I feel this, and I get it on a regular basis. There is, there is a, a lot of... Uh, yeah, but and actually, excuse me, guy and gal, when it comes to to softball broadcasts, I think most have noticed that. But it's uh, it shows you the passion that's there. I mean, I, th- the guys at Alabama are amazing; they really are. Um, the the crew at Florida, I think it's two students, Josh. I really do, and we got to know them a little bit because they unplugged my crowd mic in the middle of a game. But they're great; they're really good. Like you listen to their broadcast, and it sounds like. It, it sounds like a ESPN radio broadcast. It really does. Uh, all, I mean, Nate Rohr might have the best voice of any of us, the voice of the Nebraska Cornhuskers. So, yeah, yeah, no, it had nothing to, to do with who's the best. It had to do with what's the most popular team, who has the best fan base, and Oklahoma Sooner softball is going to win that every single time. What's this saying? Every day and twice on Sunday, is that how it goes? Every day and Twice on Sunday. Will you tell me a little bit more about them unplugging the crowd, Mike? What <laughs> was the circumstances that led to that, and why would they possibly think it was okay to do that? So here, here's just a quick little sidebar on this. The Florida guys were in the booth next to us, and I want to say, I want to say it was the Texas game, right? I want to say it was the Texas game, and we were in a booth that ESPN is kind enough to provide their uh, effects feed, which, again, is the mitt popping, which some of you got so tired of Mary Iacopo popping the mitt twice, whatever it might be, right? Whatever it might be. Um, but the booth I was in didn't have one. So I had taken a – can I sound fancy? I'd taken an XLR, Josh. <laughs> yeah, just – XLR, take it on out there, baby. Tape it down. Here we go. I took the female to the male, stole it from the other booth, and plugged it into mine. And that's what. And I knew it was Florida's booth, but they didn't play until six o'clock, and it was like two in the afternoon. So we had plenty of time, and I was going to unplug it. Well, in true radio guy forms, what I think made me like them even more, they showed up like eight hours before the game. (laughs) And as their guy was setting up, I don't think. I mean, like it wasn't any malice. He just thought, oh, okay, this is plugged in here. Had no idea. And just unplugged it and plugged it into his board. So during one commercial break, I just walked over and said, hey, do you guys mind if I'm keep that plugged in for a little bit? He's like, the dude was so apologetic. Like, oh, my gosh, was that yours? I'm so sorry. I'm like, yeah, man, my bad. It was not – there wasn't one over here. So it was only like an inning and a half thing before I figured out what had happened. Because, by the way, on another way to inside baseball note, Josh, 
the ESPN people, for some reason, always like to mess with the audio on it. Like, they'll crank it up, and then they'll crank it down, and then they'll just turn it off, and then when they turn it back on, it's a bazillion decibels. So I just figured for a little bit, maybe there's a chance that they're just messing with the audio. Right, they'd cranked it off. Right. Nope, not the case, not the case. But to go full circle, thank you. Did you tell them that – did you let the students know that they really were kind of putting your golden mic in a dangerous territory with that I'm in pursuit of a golden mic award this year, okay? I hope you guys understand that that's that's what I want to win is a golden mic, and you're ruining it by unplugging my crowd mic. So please plug it back in. And also, how dare you? How how dare you? Are you what's what's your name? What, remember when Kim Mulkey, the Baylor former Baylor coach, now LSU head coach, whenever we, we had a press conference, I can't remember who it was, but someone asked a question and she goes, "What's your name?" It's kind of how I felt like, <laughs> "What's your name, boys? You tell me what's going on in here." That's when they, you know, whip out a business card and say, "Here for any future inquiries." <laughs> right. Oh, here I am. Here I am. Uh, all right, uh, but seriously, I, I, I'm being real here when I say this. All those dudes are, are, are amazing, and, and the, the, the women, too, are amazing. So this had everything to do with the popularity of OU softball, man. Trust me, that's what it was all about. But I'm grateful. I'm absolutely grateful. Um, we got a lot to get into, Josh. I appreciate JT kicking us off on a softball note uh, in the middle of the offseason. I appreciate him still finding time for us. But, you know, there's – there's several anniversaries around this date. We've got to pay homage to one of the greatest actors of our generation in James Caan, uh, who passed away yesterday. And, oh, do we have quite a Big 12 preseason poll submission out there that we need to get into. Did you have a problem, by the way, quick, quickly before the break with OU being number two in the preseason poll? Not – you know, it's hard for me to say I've just got some big problem with it. I think OU's going to win the Big 12. It's not how – I would have voted. I think probably the top two teams are right, and it's Oklahoma and Baylor that will play for the Big 12 championship. And I think the top five teams are right. I don't know if necessarily that's the right order, but that's how I would have had the top five comprised. Oklahoma, Baylor, Oklahoma State, Texas, and Kansas State. So from that perspective, I don't have a ton of gripes with it. And again, OU, if you're going to be fair about the thing, They've got question marks, right? I mean, it's it doesn't, at least going in, have the same feel that we thought 2021 had going into it, where you're sure. the, the defending Big 12 champion, you got the Heisman Trophy favorite coming back to play quarterback. I can see where, logically, some of the voters out there in the media would look at this thing and say, you know what, we're sticking with Baylor as the defending Big 12 champion. So, no, I, I don't have a huge gripe with it. Like I said, it's not how I would have voted. but uh, And it's good It's good tackling fuel, right? Tackling sure, fuel. Sure, good tackling fuel. So we'll take a timeout. We'll come back to the Riverwind Casino when we get back and dive into the latest offseason bait. That's bait. We got it with the Big 12 preseason poll. Live from the side of Beats and Bites. Tomorrow night, the Randy Rogers Band looking ahead of July 30th. Scott McCreary will be here. You can get your tickets online at riverwind.com, at the box office, or at the gate day of show. It's going to be a fun weekend, going to be a hot one. 
But plenty of fun stuff for the kids. The Goldsby Fire Truck will be here. There'll be toys, inflatable obstacle courses, a bounce house, and much, much more at Riverwind Casino for Beats and Bites tomorrow night, right here on the bus. All right, right here on the Plank Show. <laughs> All right, welcome back to the Plank Show. We're on the road at Riverwind Casino on a Friday. Beats and Bites tomorrow night. I, you know how we ended up at Riverwind today, don't you, Josh? You know, we drew the lucky straw. Steel man, I guess, I don't know, being on vacation. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. Well done. That's exactly right. Thank so you. So we're out here celebrating Beats and Bites. Randy, a Randy Rogers band tomorrow night. Get your tickets at riverwind.com. Hour one, as always, brought to you by Van Hoos Fence. BHFence.com, 735-1167. Mark and Tessa, incredibly detailed. Their perfection is your protection. They're the fencing experts at bhfence.com. So I think we've all three agreed, right? Josh, we're not allowing ourselves to get too triggered over preseason polls, right? Not over preseason media, all Big 12. First teams, not over preseason polls. No. And look, this is kind of a little bit different for Oklahoma over the last decade, right? Really, ever since uh, 2015, would that have been the most recent season that Oklahoma wasn't the preseason pick? Probably. Probably so. Um, But here's where I get frustrated. I'm not allowing myself to get triggered by anything I saw yesterday. In fact, I don't know about you, Josh, but when I looked up and down the, the Big 12 preseason football poll I didn't have too much of an issue. Did you? No, like I told you, yeah. I, I think they got the top five exactly right. Now you could, I liked it. You could shuffle teams around, maybe, but in terms of what that top five looked like, I think they got number ten right as well. <laughs> so, just for those that did not catch it, Baylor was the preseason number one team. They uh, received 17 first place votes, and by my Quick math, 29, 38, 40, 41. So 41 media members voted in this. 41 total. Baylor had 17 of the 41 first place votes. Oklahoma had 12 of the first place votes. Oklahoma State had nine. Texas had two. And someone must have thought that Iowa State was bringing back Mike Rose. Brock Purdy, Brees Hall. Who the hell put Iowa State number one on their ballot, Josh? It's got to be somebody from Iowa, right? I mean, it's got to be a local reporter, which it's just it makes no sense. Really, you should have your ballot rescinded, you know? If somebody – I mean, I, I understand. Listen, Big 12 preseason polls are stupid, okay? Every preseason poll is stupid. Um but, like, applying some logic, there is nothing logical about having Iowa State atop your Big 12 preseason poll. Nothing at all. What? Well, uh, feel good about Matt Campbell. Okay, that's about it. That's all I can go with, Josh. But if you voted Iowa State with your vote as the number one team, you are a homer. There's just – I'm a homer, but I'm not an idiot homer. I'm I'm not an uh, I'm a ridiculous homer, but I'm not. This is an idiotic homer. 
whoever put Iowa State number one, or someone trying to be different, which we'll get to in just a bit. I so could, in case you missed – oh, go ahead. I could honestly – and I don't think either of these teams are serious factors. I could almost allow a first-place vote for TCU or West Virginia, the two teams – Voted behind Iowa State more than a vote for Iowa State, a first-place vote. Just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, So Baylor gets the top spot, but the margin between them and Oklahoma is the slimmest margin outside of the battle between TCU and West Virginia for 7 and 8. Baylor, 365 points. Oklahoma, 354. Now, to be fair, that's one-point difference, 11-point margin between those two, and it's a voting thing. Oklahoma State had 342, so they're only 12 behind Oklahoma. So what what became clear from this voting note, Jackie Livingston, I absolutely think Oklahoma's winning the Big 12 this year. I, In fact, I don't think – I don't think Baylor's going to be that good. I don't know where this is coming from. Did you guys not watch the draft? Half the guys left. You're counting on Blake Shapin, who had like one good half against Ole Miss, and suddenly we're elevating him to be this elite guy. You're the champ until someone knocks you off. But if you guys are going to knock Oklahoma State's defense for the people they lost or Oklahoma for the turnover there, then why, Josh, are we ignoring it with Baylor? Because they're just the defending champs? Is that why? Yeah, and obviously just looking at the all Big 12 first teams, the the media – they like what Baylor has up front on both sides of the football. Connor Galvin, Jacob Gall, those were both first-team selections for Baylor up front on the offensive line. They, they've got a first-team selection defensively uh, on the defensive line. They've got a linebacker that's an all-Big 12 first-team selection. So they still think they're very, very talented, and clearly the media is pretty high on Blake Shaven. I think Blake Shapin's got a chance to be really good I do like I said I wouldn't have voted Baylor number one to me uh you know I I don't know it's kind of for me splitting hairs between Baylor and Oklahoma State at number two I think I would have voted Baylor second but uh probably would have had Oklahoma number one in my media poll if I had a ballot so Baylor one Oklahoma two Oklahoma State three the one thing that is clear is there appears to be in this voting a very clear distinction who most people had one, two, or three in their ballot because the distance between Texas at four and Oklahoma State at three is significant, nearly 60 points. So Texas comes in at four in the preseason Big 12 poll. Kansas State at five, followed by Iowa State, TCU, West Virginia, Texas Tech, and Kansas. Now, earlier today... Uh, a guy that I like a lot, Travis Roeder, who is a Baylor writer. I believe he writes for Sikkim365.com. Threw out how he would have voted in his preseason poll. He had Oklahoma at six and Oklahoma State at five, with both Texas and Iowa State ahead of Oklahoma. Oh, and by the way, he had Texas Tech at 10, so Tech Tina, you can get triggered too, with West Virginia ahead of them as well and Kansas at eight. Now, I'm a big Kansas believer, but if I'm elevating them out of the basement, they've got to beat someone other than Texas, just saying, <laughs> which appears to be the only team they can beat in the Big 12 right now on a consistent basis. So that here's why that triggered me, Josh. Because what in the hell would lead you to put Iowa State ahead of both Oklahoma State and Oklahoma? 
you've been you you're the one who sent me down the path of questioning Iowa State more than anyone. I do not understand what you look at personnel-wise with the Iowa State Cyclones and say, hey, look out, uh, this might be a really good team this year. I don't get it. I don't get it at all. If you're looking at returning production, Iowa State would be the first team that you would dock in that respect. And this is what I've said about Iowa State all along. Hey, Campbell might – Prove that he's the one guy that can consistently win at Iowa State, a la what Bill Snyder was able to do at Kansas State. And then maybe things are totally different for Iowa State, both here and now and into the future. But I'm going to go with history until I see otherwise. And I don't feel great about Iowa State going into this season. I do need to see these new faces produced. So if there was one team that because they lost a bunch of personnel that I don't feel good about Iowa State is the first team off the bus in that regard I like Will McDonald a lot a lot I like Xavier Hutchinson a lot that's where it stops <laughs> that's where I'm like eh, and I'm sure there might be an offensive lineman or two that's pretty impressive but I that to me that to me Josh is the height of and I don't think Travis is guilty of this maybe I don't. Maybe he thinks Brock Purdy's still around, and Brock Purdy wasn't even really that good. Maybe he didn't realize Brees Hall went to the draft. I mean, history matters here, people. It really, truly does. Historically, Iowa State has not replaced their graduating classes with stars, and this isn't a team that's been crushing it on the recruiting trail. I don't understand it at all. It triggered me, Josh Helmler. I'm triggered by this. And I'm, I'm the one who tells you, don't get triggered by preseason polls. And look at me right now. It's ridiculous. Travis understood the assignment, though. He, he got those hate clicks from Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Well, hate you know, I will, I, I will say, um, when I retweeted it, it didn't quite get the traction that I thought it would. But then I went and actually clicked on his original tweet, and I realized, oh, okay, he's doing good. He's getting the attention he needed. He's Travis is doing good for the attention right now. It's just I like him. I like I think he's a smart guy. But you make me question your intelligence when you have in any preseason ranking based on what these teams have coming back. Both Oklahoma State and Oklahoma below Iowa State. Hell, I might even quit. And I like Kansas State a lot. Kansas State might be four on my preseason ballot. But to put them at two? Two? Did you watch Adrian Martinez in Nebraska? It's the same thing you're getting here. All right, we got a break. Um, now look at me. I'm getting triggered by preseason polls. What's going on here? It's a plank show live from Riverwind Casino on the ref. All right, quick segment here before the top of the hour. We'll get to your air comfort solutions texts coming up in hour number two. I have something for you to kick off hour number two, Josh, on the, I guess you could say the, conference realignment never-ending conversation never stops are we really just hitting pause for a while is that really what's happening with this i think it's gonna stop yes that is wild is it not i mean think about that for a moment you literally we are eight days away are eight days removed from one of the more seismic moves that we've seen right in UCLA and USC going from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten, we are less than a year removed 
from Oklahoma and Texas going from the Big 12 to the SEC and then all the moves that happened around it. And after this, it's just, now we're going to hit pause for a while. That's wild, isn't it? I mean, what is going to happen with the Pac-12? Pac-10 now, I guess is what you can say. I mean, is it just, all right, we're going to go on as a 10-team league from here on out? That can't be the case, right? Well, and what do you do if you're Oregon and Washington? What does that mean for your futures? I, I, I just can't imagine. I mean, you need the financial security of being yeah. in the Pac-12, of being in the Big 12, you know, whatever that looks like for them. But at the same time, you're not really wanting to tether yourself to this long-term grant of rights agreement in a Pac-12 conference that, oh, by the way, you would exit tomorrow if the Big 10 or the SEC says, yep, come on down, Oregon or Washington. This is true. Any deal that they sign is going to have to – is probably not going to have a grant of rights. Just can't. They can't afford it. So I want to kick off hour number two with that next. Hour one of the books brought to you by Van Hoos Fence, vhfence.com. Thanks to JT Gasso. Air Comfort Solutions text line is hopping 405-651-3439. Or you can hit us up on the Riverwind Casino line, 405-329-9000. Back in a minute.